You know, right now, it's the season of harvest in Hawke's Bay. Yes, And the fruit are ripe, the wine is all getting ready, everything is all happening. And so right now, the end of January, right through February, it's all harvest time. And so people are busy, they're, they're drawing the harvest. Now get me, you have to realize this, there's no harvest without a sowing and watering. So we look and we love the harvest. There's actually your work. If you were looking, you were watching them prune all the trees and do all the work of preparation. Now we have the harvest. So we need to understand things naturally and spiritually are alike. So in your spiritual life, everyone wants a harvest without doing any sowing. I want a harvest this year in many areas. I want to share with you a few simple keys for your fasting and prayer. Now, it tells us of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 that he prayed, he gave, and he fasted. And in that time, he had an encounter with the Lord. Now, we need encounters with God. There won't be a family here. There won't be a person here. Doesn't need a breakthrough somewhere in their life. Doesn't need an area where you need enlargement. Maybe it's in your personal life, in your finances, your work, your, your ministry. Perhaps it's in the area of your marriage. Perhaps it's with one of your children. Perhaps it's some area in your body. It doesn't really matter what the area is. We need, if we want to get a breakthrough, we have to seek the face of God. The Bible says, he that comes to God must believe he exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him. So fasting, the purpose of fasting, not just to go hungry and grumpy, the, the purpose of fasting, it's linked with prayer and additional time in the presence of God. That's what makes it. You are denying the flesh and sowing spiritually. So to make it work, let me give you several simple three key points to make it work. Here's point number one. You need to set the time of the fast. Well, that's been set for three weeks. But you need to, in that time, determine how frequently you're going to fast. Now, don't wait and think, will I feel like it or not? You'll never feel like it. You make the decision before we start. You begin the fast by announcing, this is what I'll do. Write it down. This is what I'm planning to do. Secondly, work out and define what kind of fast it's going to be. Many different kind of fasts. The simplest one to do of all is what's called intermittent fasting, where you go without food for 16 hours from about 8 p.m. at night through to about 12 midday or a little later or through to 4 p.m. That's the easiest kind of fast to do, or you can change the, the flow of time. But if it includes the sleeping time, it's a lot easier. But intermittent fasting is very powerful so long as you add time with God and add time in prayer. The whole point of it is to draw near to the Lord. So if you just fast and don't pray and spend time in the presence of God, you're just going on a real hard, hungry diet. It's not doing much good for you except making you tired and grumpy. This is about seeking and drawing into the presence of God. So so number one, how long is the fast going to be? Number two, what kind of fast is it going to be? See? Three, what will I add in? with God. What will I do in that time with God? Now, in your fasting, it can be intermittent like I shared. It can be a full fast for a day a week. It can be whatever it is, but it always involves food. Now, I encourage you, why don't you fast off social media? Cut it right back. Cut it back to maybe an hour a day or half an hour a day, 20, maybe cut it out altogether, whatever. But make some decision you're going to invest in your walk with God. And here's the last key. This is perhaps one of the most important have a specific purpose for your fast. If you have no purpose for it, nothing defined, this is what I'm believing God for, 
then you'll find you'll give up on the way. You'll just lose momentum because you haven't got a purpose to keep you mobilized. So if you look at my diary, you'll see right now, before I began my fast, I wrote down each of the things I'm praying into in the season of the fast. I've got a whole lot of them. Some are personal, some are around family, some are around ministry. So each of those things is something to pray in every day and look in the Word of God, find a scripture, begin to declare that scripture over it. In other words, take the Word of God and like a mighty hammer, break the rock in pieces. So don't just be, I just gave up food. You won't last the distance. And as a church, we want to believe for a harvest of souls. We want to believe for enlargement in miracles and supernatural. We want to believe for an increase of favor and blessing over the families of the church. So let's together make a decision. Three weeks we set aside to sow, not just individually, but also corporately, so that as a body of people. Now don't don't tell, well, I'm not doing it right now. I'm going to wait till later in the year. No, no, no. Don't be independent. Do it now while we're all in the flow together. This is how we're starting the year. So let's get into it. Amen. And and let's believe God. Sow, water, then harvest. Sometimes in the season of fasting. It's just a pain to the flesh, and you don't feel very much at all. Sometimes God doesn't feel even very near to you. But you are sowing, and you will get a harvest. That's why the Bible says we will reap if we don't faint and quit on the way. Okay? Three weeks. Now make this your best one you've ever done, and couple it with prayer and time in the presence of God. Couple it with believing God for breakthrough in a specific area, and also couple it at some point with sowing something to get a breakthrough. Amen? God bless. Well, let's welcome Pastor David to come up and give an amazing word today. Come on, let's give him a great clap as he comes up. I enjoy Dave's preaching. How you all doing? You come here expecting it this morning. really want to, uh, again, welcome our online audience and... and uh, Got people here watching from South Korea, from across America, from UK, from Australia. Yeah. All across the world, people are tuning in to experience what God is doing in this place. Amen? Amen. So we want to welcome you, we want to bless you, we want to pray that God will really touch you where you are right now. Even those uh, that are watching from Auckland, uh, great to have you tune in. And for those of you who are in Hawke's Bay and you're lying in bed somewhere, why? I know who you are because your name comes up on the screen. <laughs> Mr. T, should we go and knock on the door? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Fire Marlene, where are you? Come on up. Love the ministry that you carry and your heart for people. and Talk to us a little bit. Come on, give her a big welcome this morning. A little surprise, but I was supposed to do it last week. But remember, you were going to talk about. Yeah, I was. I um. Most of you know who we are and how we roll. So um, we often have people at our house. We often. Ha! <laughs> said Mike. Um, we often have people at our house. Some people just come and eat with us and leave, but some people come and stay, and some stay for a really long time. And some stay for a short time. But um, I was talking with Pastor Dave just last week about how the purpose of the house is to have people in the house. 
And so if you have a house, my encouragement to you is to invite people into your house for a little while or for a long time. Because if there's food involved, most people will come. <laughs> especially, especially, especially if it's before the 21-day fast. But in the 21-day fast, you could have water parties. And then you'll save lots of money. You'll save lots and lots of money. Because if you have lots of people in your house, it can cost you money. But um, God is great and a great provider of money. And, um, you know, if you made the decision to continue to invite people into your home, he will continue to provide because he's like that. But um, what we were talking about was um, over the last year, we had a couple of people that came and stayed in our house for um, longer periods. And just sitting and talking with Bruce the other day, the thing that I, rem I realized and it was one, person, one of those people came and stayed in our house and she stayed in the room that we provided in the house. And that was all she did at our house. Everything in our house was available to her. She didn't even really eat that often with us. She would go out and eat at other places. But we, the provision for her was in the house. Everything that we had was available to her. But she just stayed in her little corner of the house. And then we had somebody else that came and moved into our house um, and just availed himself to everything <laughs> that was in our house. And it was great because it put us all at ease. You know, we made the offer and um, the, ex the offer was accepted and has made himself available. Has not only availed and taken what is in the house. And I want to encourage us today that what you choose to do in this house... In this house, because in this house, we have everything that you could have need of. We have a relationship. We have healing. You know, some of us might say, I'm going to just stay in this little bit of my house because I feel more comfortable and I'm a little bit scared of these people because some of them are a bit weird. <laughs> and you can stay in your little room in the house and not benefit yeah. at all. You can just stay in your little place, in your little corner. But you know, there's so many riches to be had in this house. Yeah. There are people with riches in their hearts and in their souls that you would just so benefit from. You would be amazed at some of the places some of the people have been in this house, some of the things that people have seen in this house, and some of the things that they have been a part of in this house. But you aren't going to know if you don't come out of your little room. So my encouragement to you is to come out of your little room this year. Get involved in everything that's going on in the house. Because there's a whole lot more than just the little space that you're occupying. And you have inside of you so much to offer. And all you have to do is come into agreement with that thing. Because the Spirit of God dwells richly and mightily and powerfully in every single one of us was there before the world was formed and is waiting to bust out. And we just need to come into agreement with that and share it out. Share it out. Share the goodness of God that's in every single one of you. I encourage you this year, set it as you're setting your heart to fast and pray. Seek the Lord. Come into agreement with the gifting and calling on your life so that you can share it. You know, we know that we've all had stuff. We've all had, put your hand up if you haven't had stuff. No hands in the house. Um, but we've all had stuff.
but he's in the business of changing our stuff, turning it into blessing. So don't stay in your little corner in your house, but come out and meet everybody else and be challenged. Be challenged to share all that you can be and all that you have with everybody else around you. Bless you this morning. Thank you. Uh, just this is my first, uh, first time to, to minister or preach uh, in this new year, in this new decade. And she's a pretty tough act to follow from last week or the last couple of weeks. And Pastor Mike, Mike. how many people were impacted by his message last week? Well, you have got enough in there for a whole Bible school. Yeah, I, I couldn't preach another message for a year and you'd still have enough from what you've received in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, but today, I, I, there is something special that I believe that God wants to do. Uh, he wants to speak. Oh, I've just got a short message. But then there's something special that I believe God wants to do. Just as, as I was preparing for today, uh, as I was reading the scripture, as I was just reading the, the, the verse that God put on my heart for today, uh, I just started to cry and just started to weep as I started to feel the presence of God. And I just can't get it out of my head. So I want to just minister. I want to just share just a little bit and then... I believe that God is going to do something powerful. I believe that God is, we're going to lay hands and pray for as many people as you want. So just as, as um, it's going to kind of cut it short a little bit, but you can, you can research it out yourself. One of the things I have in my heart for this year is that, that God would prosper us. Somebody say prosper. Prosper. I believe that God's going to prosper us in not just one dimension. Many people, when they hear prosperity, they just think of financial prosperity. That is one part of it, only one, and it's not the main one. I'm believing that God is going to prosper us uh, in our heart, in our, in our spirit, relationally. Every part of our life can move forward. That's simply what prosperity is, that you are moving forward, that you're not static in your life, that every dimension in your life is moving forward. Amen. That's what I'm believing for this, this year. Um, as I was just considering uh, just the Sunday, I felt the word, the Lord put on my heart the word Genesis. The word Genesis. The word Genesis means the beginning of something. When, something, when you think about the word Genesis, most people think about creation. If I was to say, what's the first word that pops into your mind when you hear the word Genesis? Most people, or many people, it's just an assumption I'm making here, would, use, would think of creation straight away. When we think about Genesis, Genesis is about, it's the origins of something, it's the beginning of something. And as I was pondering this word, I felt in my heart this, that God is beginning to do something new in our lives. I believe that today God is doing something new in your life. I believe that... It's not just the genesis of a decade, and it is the genesis of a new season for our lives. There are things that are not yet in the world that God has prepared that will be, be released. There are expressions, there are dimensions of God. There are things no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it even been conceived in the heart of men about what God, what God wants to do. So there are things in your life that, that there, you'll, you'll experience a genesis of something in your life this year. There'll be new ideas. People will come into new business ideas. There'll be new babies being born.
What I reckon, T? Just one more. <laughs> one more. <laughs> However, when you look at the when you look at the the book of Genesis, creation only takes up two chapters, and basically repeats itself. When you want to get an idea about what a book is about, or what a um, any book really, you just what's the first place you go to? You read the preface, and then you, read, you read the back of the book. So what happens at the back of the book basically encapsulates what else is going on. So when you look at the back of Genesis, like I said, creation only wraps up, only, only takes up two chapters of, of Genesis. The end of Genesis is really where things really begin. And this is where I want to uh, just share with you uh, just a few observations, and then we're going to uh, get into what I, what I believe God, what God has for us today. One of the things I noticed in Genesis was this, it ends in three significant scenes. Three significant scenes. One, your first one is this, that Jacob blesses his grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Jacob blesses his grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. The second thing that happens is Jacob blesses his 12 sons. There was something about Jacob blessing his 12 sons. There was something unique about every one of these occasions. The first one, he blesses his grandchildren. The second one, he blesses his grandsons. You say, well, what's... How is that new? Didn't, Jake, didn't uh, Eli, um, Abraham do that? Yes, he did do that. He did them separately, though. He blessed one over here and one over here. This is the first time that Jacob, Jacob was the only one in, in, uh, in the patriarchs that were able to bring all the sons together at the one place, at the one time, and bless the whole lot. When you look at the... Oh, I could preach on that alone. <laughs> Is the only time, it's the same thing. This hadn't happened before. When you look at that, sure, some, when you look at the blessing that Jacob brought over, some of them were a little bit sharp, especially for the first two or three. You could tell that there were some fractures in the relationship there, but nonetheless, it sounded like he was giving them a wrap over the knuckles at the same time. But nonetheless, he was doing something that hadn't been done before, that all the brothers, the 12 brothers, were in the same room at the same time, and Jacob were blessing a lot of them. The second thing, the third thing that happened was this, was that there was reconciliation. Somebody say reconciliation. There was reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. There was repentance, there was forgiveness, and there was healing. There were three significant things that happened. I could preach on any one of them, but I'm just going to preach on one of them today. Genesis has many narratives, but the core message, when you think about what happens at the end of Genesis, the core message of Genesis is about families. Core message of Genesis is about families. And in addition to that, the core message of Genesis is not just about families, but it's about fathers as well. One of the things that you notice at the end of Genesis, the end of Genesis begins with a whole new Genesis. The end of Genesis begins, the end of Genesis concludes with the uniting of a family, and then the beginning of Exodus starts with the beginning, with the genesis of a nation. We've got to understand what God is doing at particular times and particular seasons. I believe this is the genesis moment for us as a church. Holy Spirit's been hovering over the waters for a little while. But this is the genesis moment. Something's about to be birthed. I can feel it in my heart. Let's get into it. Genesis is about mostly about families and it's about fatherhood. Fa family is prior to all else. Family takes priority over money. It takes priority over politics, business, national affairs, 
whatever, what's going on in the Trump world, whatever's going on on social media, whatever is happening out there, family trumps a lot of it. Family is most important. The reason why our nation has the issues it has today is because of the breakdown of family. And at the, head of, at the head of every family should be a father. Notice he used the word father, not male or man. Because anyone can be a man or a male. Not everyone can necessarily do what it takes to be a father. So at the head of every, every home, every family, there must be a father. in order for, That's God's design. You notice when the absence of a father is, when there's an absence, the family breaks down. Interesting, when you look at this, never once, as you look through the book of Genesis, did God ever say that building a family is going to be easy? <laughs> How many people know that building a family, being a father, being a mother, that ain't easy, baby. <laughs> That's not easy. And the same pattern, Jesus calls for us as the church to be his family in this earth. So what happens in the natural family should also be replicated in the church, the family of God. The church primarily is the family of God. There are institutional aspects to it. There are business aspects. There's a bunch of different aspects to it, but primarily it's a family. There's an order that comes for it as well. Never once does it say, the scriptures say or imply, that there is anything easy about making and building a family. And it's also about family conflict. So when you look through Genesis, one of the things you'll see is it's wrought with family conflict. How many people here, there's absolutely zero conflict in your family? One of the things you notice that all through the scripture is that this, you see women or mothers, uh, wives experiencing the pain of infertility, having to wait and hope and then hope again and hope again. Your women hear that, you know the pain that, you know, you have a promise of God, then all of a sudden it's like, hello, how long is it going to take? <laughs> One of the things you also see is sibling rivalry, the first murder happened between brothers. It's sad that when you see in our nation today, sibling rivalry is still just as rife as it was back then. Even in our own community, we have brother against brother. One of the things you'll find is that the epicenter of much conflict is religion. It's also sibling rivalry. The third one is the conflict between fathers and sons. All the way back since then. But there is something special and unique about what happens in this place. Interesting. You'll find that there are, you found, like in the story of Genesis, there were people that found a wife, found a husband. There were people there that lost a spouse or lost a child. One of the things you know is about families, there are new beginnings. There are awakenings of love. There are, oh, and here, I'm going to get right into it. I believe that today, in this coming year, there'll be, there'll be new babies born. Oh, yes, some women are like, oh, no. There's going to be some marriages. Some of you need to get married. The new ideas birthed. But there's also people that die as well. And unfortunately, this morning, we just, at 8 o'clock, one of our church members passed away. Uh, Neil passed away at 8 o'clock this morning. But this is family. This is the nature of family. There's conflicts within family. There's joy between family. There is family as the institution. I don't even know if institution is the right word, but family is the body. And I believe this. 
I believe it is this most spiritual body or institution that makes up our society because it is the only institution that God originally designed to bring life into the world. In spite of all the struggles, in spite of all the tensions that we go through and difficulties that arise in our own families and, and arise between us as a church, the bottom line is we're, we're a family. There's going to be things that arise. There'll be conflicts between brothers in Christ. There'll be conflicts between you and me. There'll be conflicts between you and somebody else. It is the nature of family. To say it's not going to happen is a fantasy. It's why it's in, it's, it's, it's why it's in scriptures to say that it's going to happen, but there's also a way through it, and it's also the very vehicle that God uses to bring his life into the world. And church, in spite of its failures, in spite of what it could be and should be and all these kind of things, what it could be like, God still uses us to bring his, uh, his mandate into the world today. Us, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of uh, our failures, in spite of everything else, God still chooses us as his church. He still chooses families to bring life into the world. He still calls us to be the light and the salt of the earth. Hello. Family is where love brings new life into the world. Let me say, a prospering family is much more important than a prospering business. It's much more important than a platform ministry. It's much more important than all your likes on social media. Because all those people don't really give a good old look. They don't know what really goes on inside of your world. Family, the building of family is the most important thing we can ever do in our world. You might be here today as a young one and say, well, I'm not in that space. Oh, yes, you are. What is happening in your life right now is forming you and molding you into the father or mother that you'll become one day. My heart is not just to run a youth ministry, but to run and to, to, to raise future fathers. Genesis concludes with three important assertions on family from the above. One, the grandparents are part of the family and their blessing is important. If you're a grandparent here today, just put your hand up. We honor you today. Bless you. Second thing, Jacob shows that it's possible to bless all your children, even though they're fractured and damaged relationships. You might be a father here today, and you've got fractured relationships with your sons or your daughters. Jacob shows us that it's possible that you can reach beyond that and still bring blessing. You know, as a church family... There are people that may say things against us. There may be th people that go off in a huff. Part of fatherhood is this, that we can still reach out and bless them anyway. Even if there are awkward situations. Even if, can you imagine that conversation going on with, with, with Jacob and his boys and he starts to bless one and he's kind of like, hey, that's pretty awkward kind of sounding blessing, isn't it? There's a, you can imagine what's going on inside of the room. The same thing happens in, in, in situations in our church. Sometimes you have, there's awkward conversations. There's, sometimes there's awkward dynamics that go on. But nonetheless, in spite of all of that, we can still reach past and say, hey, I can bless you. I can take you out for a coffee. I can just bless you and speak highly of you and speak positively of you. I can still find something about you, no matter what the fracture between us. I can still find something to bless you over. That's what it means to be a father. 
How many fathers know that no matter what your kids do, you can still find it in your heart to, ah, forget about it. <laughs> I love you anyway, boy. I love you anyway, son. That's what it means to be a father. You don't just boot them out of the house when something goes wrong. Your heart's got to be bigger than that. So Jacob shows that it's possible to bless all your children, even though there's damaged relationships. That's what it means to be, have a big and a strong heart. And Joseph shows that it's possible to forgive your family, even if they've done you great, great harm. This is what it means to be a family. It's not about being looking good up here and prophesying. No, no, no. It, that's good. But what it means to be a family is that your heart can be big enough and strong enough to bless people that curse you, to bless people that have wronged you, to bless people, to forgive those that have betrayed you in the most horrendous ways. That would be a bigger testimony of your faith. And that's what it means to be a family. Hello. And for us to grow as a family, for us to grow and healthy in, in, in our internal life, that's one of the things that we've got to do. And as, for, as, as young men growing up, it's one of the things that we've got to do. And this is, um, I'm just going to race through this, but ble- the most important that I, won, I felt in my heart to do was this, is the blessing of Jacob over his grandsons. And there's a reason why. Jacob blesses his grandsons. Interesting when, I, when we went to Israel was this. We were able to experience uh, Shabbat twice. And one of the things I noticed was this about on Friday night, the scurrying of all the people. There were people that were coming home. There were soldiers, young kids who were strapped with guns on and uniforms. You know, little kids. They look like kids anyway, but they've got these big machine guns. And they're all on buses, all heading home to the family. And there was something that happens on a family, on a, on a Jewish family on a Friday night. Every Friday night, regardless of what is happening, there is something that happens. And this is what happens. When Jacob blesses his grandsons, he blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, Jewish parents still use this very same blessing today to bless their sons and a similar one for their daughters every Friday night. Every Friday night, Jewish fathers bring their sons home, if they've got sons, bring their daughters, and they speak a blessing over their life. And we're going to do that at the end of the service. Wait you hear what the blessing is. Why this one? Interesting. This is the only account in the Torah of a grandparent blessing their grandchildren. It's the only one. This is the only time where a grandfather blesses his grandsons. It's one account. So why is this one? Why, why is this one so special? Why, have, out of all the blessings in the Bible, why do Jewish families, why do Jewish fathers do this particular one? After all these years, why is it? And I believe this. Here's one, here's one idea. The love between, and only grandparents will know this, I don't know this yet, but the love between a grandparent and the grandchild is kind of different from the love between a father and a mother and their own, and their own kid. One of the things you notice about grandparents is this. The love kind of seems a little bit more pure. In other words, there's no, doesn't seem to be as much conflict as between the child and the parent, as opposed to between the child and the grandfather. Here's another way of saying it. When you become a granddaddy, 
or when you've got a grandkid, when I listen to different ones, as I listen to my different, grand, different people that I have around me that are grandparents, the love that they have for their grandkids is something special and unique. And there's something very powerful behind this as well. It's grandchildren that reveal, this is a, this is a Jewish, uh, a, a Jewish um, saying is this, is that it's in grandchildren who reveal the foundation and the future of the family line. What has happened between a father and the son is one thing, but when it gets to the next step out is where it really shows what the father or what the grandfather has built and established in the family line. Why? Because it's, it's one thing to reproduce once. It's another thing to reproduce and have that then multiplied. Hello. It's one thing to receive something. It's one thing for me to receive something from my grandparents. It's one thing to receive something from my parents. It's another thing to capture what I have received and multiply it into the next generation. That is why there's such a, such a powerful dynamic, there's a, such a powerful blessing of the grandfather on his grandkids. Are you with me? This, are you following me this morning? There's a powerful blessing. In a church sense, what Pastor, Apostle Mike, and Apostle Joy have released in here is one thing. But for us now to reproduce that into a whole new generation is something else. Let me open up the only scripture that I've got and then we're going to start to pray for people. In Genesis chapter 48 and verse 20, this, uh, the version I'm reading from is the, is the complete Jewish Bible and I've kind of mixed two versions together. <laughs> I've mixed the complete Jewish version and a bit, of the, uh, a bit of the amplified version, and it comes up this. So Jacob, he's old. He, he's at the end of his life. He's, he's here. He, he's, his eyes have gone. He can't really see much. So he can't really tell which one. He can't tell in the natural which one is Ephraim and which one is Manasseh. Joseph comes in and he brings his boys in. Brings his boys in to be blessed. There's something powerful in blessing. If you read the story, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff in there, but he can't, he can't really see in the natural very well, but he can see in the spirit. How many people, sometimes I know, their grandparents can see a little bit more in the spirit than what parents can do. That's why it's a good thing to listen to your grandparents. So Jacob brings these two boys, and he, boys, your granddaddy's going to bless you. Yeah. Come to the boys. Granddad got no teeth. Yeah. Okay, we'll go. I didn't quite go like that. But. So Jacob brings these two boys in Manasseh. And here's the scripture here. So Jacob, he said, bring the boys closer. You come over too, Joseph, and stand here. I'm going to pray for you and bless you. And he closes those eyes that were already blind anyway and centers his heart 
upon the Lord. And he says these words. The God in whose presence my fathers Abraham and Isaac lived. The presence of God. The God who has been my shepherd all of my life to this day. The angel of the Lord who has redeemed me continually from all evil. Bless these boys. Bless this third generation. May they remember who I am and what I stand for. And likewise, my fathers Abraham and Isaac, who they were and what they stood for. And may they grow into teeming multitudes on the earth. Somebody say identity. Somebody say purpose. May they remember who I am. May they remember who I am. May they remember that not just myself, but may they remember their granddaddy. Maybe they remember their great-grandfather. Maybe let them remember their great-great-grandfather and how they walked in the presence of God. May they remember what they stood for. There are men here today, two things you need in your life. One, you need to know who you are. Without a sense of identity, you'll end up trying to find your identity in everything else. Without a clear sense of identity about who you are, you'll be trying to find it everywhere else and never become the man that God has called you to be. Jacob became Jacob. Jacob became Israel. Jacob became the man that God called him to be. The moment he started to stop, he started to stop trying to pretend he was Esau. Man, some of you are trying to pretend like you're somebody else. Stop doing that. God has created you who you are. You are the man that God called you to be. May he remember who we were, that we walked in the presence of God. Not that He remembered all your sermons. No, no, no. Remember that He walked. Remember that I walked in the presence of God. Remember that I walked with the Spirit of the living God redeeming me all the time. Remember that. Boys, remember that. Don't forget any of that. Remember the presence of God is the most important thing to walk in. Boys, remember this. Remember what we stood for and what we stand for today. Some of you, man, you've got to get up off your get up in the first place. You've just got to stand, let alone stand for something. Pastor Mike preached last Sunday by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down. Men, you're sitting down, you sat down in prayer, you sat down in your heart, you sat down emotionally, you sat down in the spirit. You're not standing let alone standing for anything of eternal. This is what He was blessing them with. May you remember, may you walk in the presence of God. May they remember who I am, that I'm a man who walked in the presence of God. May they remember what I stood for and what I still stand for today. Men, What are you standing for, if anything? 
What will you stand for? What will you stand for? Anything at all. The first place you can stand for. The first place you can stand is for your family. The first place. You might be thinking, but I'm not even this. At that stage yet. Stand now. Make a decision to pray and fast. Make a decision to not walk by your feelings. Make a decision to discover a sense of purpose in your life. Make a decision somewhere to stand. Make a stand somewhere. Some of you men have got to stand up. You've got to make a stand in your life somewhere. May they remember who I am, identity, and what I stand for. Remember my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, who they were and what they stood for. And may they grow and prosper in multitudes on the earth. And then he added this blessing on them that day. Israel will speak of you and their own blessings by saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And that, my friend, is the blessing that every father, Hebrew Jewish father, speaks over their sons and daughters every Friday night. Not the first one, unfortunately, the second one, the added blessing. May God bless you. May you be blessed in that manner. Here's a way, here's something else that you could say. Because the reality is you are who you are. You're not Ephraim and you're not Manasseh. You can be like them, but you are who you are. And here's a blessing we could play, and this is what I'm going to believe for today. Ephraim, may God help you become the best that Ephraim can be. Manasseh, may God help you to become the best that Manasseh can be. One of the things, fathers, we could say to our daughters, we could say to our sons would be this, Georgia, may you be fully Georgia and no one else. Madison, may you be fully Madison. David, be who you are and be blessed in all that you are. There is something about the power of blessing. Today, I feel it's the blessed time to release blessing over people here today. I don't know about you, but there are two groups of people I I, I felt in my heart to do this today. There are some grandfathers here. There are some people here that have stood in faith and their blessing, I believe, is important to this church. Uh, Pastor Mike and Joy. If you just come forward. Um, Bob and Liz. And Bruce and Marlene, if you're here. Peter and Sandy, if you're here. Roger and Jenny, if you're here. Just please come to the front. First of all, honour you. Really want to honour you all for walking in the presence of God and your commitment to walk in the presence of God. I also want to honour you for the stand that you have made. Over all these years, you've stood for something. People may not have understood it all, 
<laughs> but you've stood for something, got off your feet. You got up on your feet and you stood for something. And this is why many of us are here today. Your blessing that I want you to release now is important. In the same way that Jacob blessed his grandsons, that they would walk in the presence, that they would walk, that they would stand. I want you to release that blessing over two groups of people here today. One group, there's a group of men that I want you to release blessing over. And uh, I can't call you all out by name, but I know a few of you, Paku, Doug, Alan, Johan, Cheyenne, Tavani, Tavani. If you're a man here today, young man in this age group, and you know that the Spirit of God is stirring your life, I want you to come to the front. Gareth, and just kneel at the altar here. Come. I may not have called you out by name, but if you know you're a man here today, and you know that the Spirit of the Lord is stirring in your heart this time, come to the front and kneel at the altar. Come, kneel. The second group of people will be this. Those that have never ever had the words of a father or a grandfather bless their life. If you, can ne- if you have never received that, if you have never had that, if you have never experienced, if you're a woman, if you're a daughter, if you're a, son, if you're a man or a woman, and you have never experienced somebody, a grandfather or father, lay hands and bless you, we're gonna pray for you next. But at this point, I felt in my heart, Pastor Mike, if you would just release blessing, that they will become all that God has for them to be. Church, let's stretch your hands out. There's power and blessing. Mum says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And so... When men of faith release the Word of God, there is power to bring transformation to those who receive it. We must receive it as well. So you reach your hand out. I want to pray now. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I thank God for each of you that have come forward today sensing the call of God on your life and I release blessing upon each of you as apostle, founder, father in the house I bless each of the men here I bless you May the Lord make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim, God has made me fruitful in the land I dwell. Manasseh, God has caused me to forget my sorrows. May the Lord cause you to forget the sorrows 
that you have walked through in life, may the Lord make you abundantly fruitful in your personal life, your work, your finances, your marriage, your relationships, your family, and the next generation. I release over you the blessing that God said to release upon the people of Israel. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, I pray today your favor would come on each man here, that you would lift up your countenance upon them, that you would pour blessing upon them. Father, we release the power of your spirit and command blessing in Jesus' name. We command you to prosper in 2020 and beyond. We command you to go forward in 2020 and beyond. And I bring, Lord, before you the men who are watching right now on the screen and other nations. We bless you in Jesus' name. We command blessing and favor upon your life through this year in your relationship with God, your commitment to Him, in your life with God, in your relationships, in your finances. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just keep worshiping the Lord. Father, touch, touch Him, touch Him. I just bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you. I bless you. Forget the reproach. What men and words have been spoken against you. You will forget those things. And this year you'll come forth as the man of God you're called to be. Blessing of God is upon you. Touch you today. Today, the Lord breaks the struggle with rejection and brings an enlargement and identity. Today, the Lord breaks the disappointment from your life brings a focus and a clarity to the pastoral call of your life. Father, touch him today. Today, God's blessing is upon you. This is the year when God is working to bring an end to striving and struggling for acceptance and to cause a rest so you enjoy the fruits of your labor. Father, bless and touch him. In the midst of the turmoil, God is causing your face to come near to Him, to seek Him as you've never sought Him. His purpose is to bring healing and to bring enlargement in your life in this coming year. Father, touch, touch, touch. God is raising you a father to many. The spirit of fathering is upon you to mentor, to disciple, so that what was never given to you, you will give to others and bless them. Father, touch, touch, touch. God is healing, healing many things. He's healing the loss of fatherhood. He's healing that cry in your heart. He's raising you as a man, as a father, a man of God. Father, touch, touch, touch. Bless. I'd love to do one more. There's been a vacuum in your life of fathering. I want to pray. The Lord says, I will be a father to you. And release I will blessing. bless you. I will raise you up. Firstly, I want to pray, anyone that wants to be prayed for and blessed in this coming year, I'd love to have you come forward. But I want to give first priority 
to those that have never, ever experienced had somebody lay hands, a father, lay hands on them and bless them. If that is you, you've never experienced that, I want you to come up first. Come to the front first. The men that have been blessed, I want you to stay remaining at the front. We're going to pray blessing. But if you have never experienced, ever. Each of the men have been prayed for. Just come to the front and face the other way now. You're going to start to minister to people. If you have never experienced the blessing of a father, ever, come forward. So the men we just prayed for, if you face the front, face now at the people, and you're going to start to lay hands on people. Lift your hands now. Now, those who are going to minister to the men, and people are going to minister to people, I want you to be aware sometimes evil is done to people that breaks their heart. But sometimes what breaks people's heart is the withholding of what was needed to call them forth to their identity. Just no one said words. That said I was valuable. My father didn't say words that valued me. My mother never said words that valued me. There's such a, a grief in the hearts of people just because of the withholding of the blessing. Esau, when the blessing was withheld, wept bitterly. There's something about the blessing of fathers. And when it's withheld, it brings a shame and a withholding of identity. So I want you to come and lay hands on people right now. Be gentle and sensitive. If you're going to prophesy, bring a word of encouragement and of love. And if you can't think of anything like that, just tell them how valuable they are, how God loves them. Holy Spirit, come right now. Worship team, just lift that worship atmosphere up right now. God is going to come. He's going to start to do things. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand as an apostle in the house, as a father, as a grandfather. And I stand in the place of the men, the fathers, who in the history, in the past, have failed to bless their children. And now they come with their hearts broken. Father, I bring the sin to the cross today. No doubt they never had words of blessing on them. So, Father, we forgive them. And we stand against the spirit of rejection and the spirit of shame and the spirit of abandonment. I command you to release each person here. I command you to cease your torment. I break the chains of death and torment. I break the fear of never being good enough. I break every spirit of control. I release blessing. I bless you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, come and touch. Touch. Holy Spirit, come touch. Touch. His hands are laid. Lord, let there be a supernatural impartation.
loved and valuable. Bless you in Jesus' name. You are loved and valuable.